The clock is now running on the Playbook Podcast, the podcast where you take a deeper dive into the game of business, leadership, teamwork, character, the things that drive your motivation and build dedication. When you get a good look at the game plan of great business leaders, you start to formulate your own playbook and your own rise to the top. Make your next play your best play. And now, here are today's game captains, Glenn Amorell and Andy Phillips. Let's go! Welcome back to the Playbook Podcast. I'm Andy Phillips. Joining me, as always, is Glenn Amorell. Glenn, how you doing? I'm doing great, Andy. Thanks for asking. So we have a very special guest on today, which we're going to get to here in a minute. But first off, as always, we got our pregame warm-up. So, Glenn, I got a question for you. All right. What's your favorite part about working for the Urconic Agency? All right. Well, that's that's pretty easy. It's it's the people. It's always about the people. Um, the staff that I work with, I mean, without them, I wouldn't be anybody. I mean, they do such a tremendous job. So it, it has to be that. And you know what? I'm going to turn this right back on you, buddy. Um, what's your favorite part of working at the Urconic Agency? On top of what you said, I think it's it's a fam. It feels like family. It's a family run business and the atmosphere feels family, but it's mm-hmm. also the company, the agency has the same capabilities as the non-family organizations as well. Exactly. So it's great to be somebody who works in that environment. So that, that'd be mine. And speaking of that, we are bringing on uh, John Urconic, the president of the Urconic agency, a family owned insurance vehicle registration and driver's license service agency. We believe we're up to 13 locations uh, around the Lehigh Valley and beyond. So with that, uh, John, how you doing? Well, good morning, Andy. How are you? Uh, what a setup question to start the day. I liked it. <laughs> we're, we're trying to tie uh, the pregame warmups into the, you know, into the person we're interviewing, you know, why practice plays you're not going to be running in the game. That's right. <laughs> so, John, basically what we do here is we will go ahead and do a first half, which is primarily business focused questions. We'll take a break at a quick halftime, which is fun. And I'm excited to get to that with you. And then the second half is more based on leadership and your experience before we wrap this thing up. So with that being said, Glenn, do you want to kick off the first half? Uh, yeah, I'd love to. Um, John, as a business owner, how important, especially now in this environment, is it to uh, diversify your business holdings? Well, that's a great question question. We've, the Urconic family has been very fortunate. I've lived through my work career of 30 years, the uh, the dot-com bust in 2000, the 2008-2009 mm-hmm. financial crisis, and most recently what we're living right now, the coronavirus pandemic. And you know, we have our insurance business, our vehicle registration, driver's license services business, and our real estate holdings. Back when the 2008-09 crisis happened, prior to that, I used to say we are very diversified didn't think any event could impact each business segment we had. Well, I was wrong. And most business leaders need to acknowledge when they're wrong. Uh, They learn from that and plan ahead. So uh, uh, having a diversified portfolio is important, but you can't assume that uh, an economic impact of some sort can't hurt it or hurt all of it. Uh, And the pandemic, uh, we've been fortunate in this most recent event that uh, we've weathered the storm. Uh, Many businesses have many are still struggling significantly out there, but you keep fighting the battle. You learn from the prior adversities that you faced and you, you surge ahead. That's great. 
So when it comes to the community, uh, obviously the Iconic Agency has been around for more than 50 years and the name is synonymous with the Lehigh Valley itself. How important is it for not only you, but for the entire agency to continue to give back to the community that has really loved and supported and put their arms around you guys and us? Yeah, yeah you know, uh, it, it's extremely important. We've been, I've born and raised in the Lehigh Valley and surrounding area, been part of the communities. You, as you said earlier, we have 13 offices now in six counties, I believe five or six counties. And every community is important to us. The, the people that live in these communities are what support us. We wouldn't exist without them. The Urconic Agency survives on people buying personal insurance, people selling and uh, used cars and coming to our offices to do the transfers, businesses insuring their livelihoods with us. Uh, so without the communities, we don't exist. So as you know, we have a focus. Uh, I have a soft spot for children. So we we direct a lot of our um, charitable do dollars to organizations that support kids. Uh, it's it's just to me, uh, children, unfortunately, at times are dealt a card that they they can't, um, you know, a, can't get out of their situation. So there's many, many very good organizations that help them. And uh, we're strong supporters of that. Well, that's great. I mean, yeah, the kids have no say on what's going on. It really, it's a great, great area to, you know, help out wherever you can. My next question, um, John, you're part of a family owned business, obviously, and uh, you've carried on your father's legacy. You've created your own legacy. Uh, what advice would you give to other family uh, businesses on succession planning? Hey, that's a, a crucial question. I think a lot of businesses have. Well, I'm glad you said legacy I created, not infamacy uh, or, or some <laughs> other type of word, Glenn. But uh, yeah, we insure a lot of family businesses. So I see the best and the worst of what's going on in as uh, children of parents come on board. And I've even spoken at some seminars on this topic because my father and I had a wonderful working relationship. We uh, didn't agree all the time, but our relationship in the business environment was around respect. And I respected what my father and mother, my parents did to get a business from zero to something with cash flow. Uh, that's a skill set and a talent that uh, is not in everybody. And I, I'll be honest, I don't know if I could have done it. That, that first 10 years of getting a business off the ground is very difficult. But I respected what they did and never once took it for granted as we continue to grow. And I give my parents a lot of credit they didn't try to micromanage me. My dad had one rule. Don't bankrupt the company. <laughs> you know, other than that, yeah, grow, grow, grow. And uh, I almost violated that rule in 1993. We had some serious financial challenges from 91 to 93. And we fought our way through that. But they always respected to give me my freedom to try to grow the business, enhance the product offerings that we do or have. And, you know, I always had insight on, okay, there's risk and reward. Everything that your conic family tried did not work. We learned from those failures. They're the best lessons you ever have in business. And, you know, obviously take the successes and, and run with them. So as I look at other family businesses, I'll say to the, the parents, give the, the kids a little uh, room to succeed and fail and don't micromanage. And to the kids, don't ever take for granted what your parents did. Uh, you, you may think it looks easy. It was not going from zero to a company that 
you know, has cash flow and, and respect that and don't think anything should be given to you. Phenomenal. <laughs> Makes sense to me. And I, like you said, those first 10 years, um, if you weren't directly involved, it's sometimes probably hard to understand exactly what it took to get there. So I like the advice. Now, this is fun. So I like this question that I'm about to ask you because you're different because there's business owner, John Yurconic and president, and then there's still insurance guru, producer, risk manager, as you're still very active uh, on that side as well. So you can answer this one of two ways or both ways if you want. What emerging risks concern you the most? So uh, I'll, I'll start with the business owner. So being in business 30 years, thinking that, you know, we've seen almost everything out there and then the pandemic comes in 2020. Th- that what the world had to react to, I'm not even going to say the Lehigh Valley or Pennsylvania or the United States, what the world had to react to was unprecedented in my lifetime and probably anybody who's going to watch this. The what, what I learned is that those crises that I mentioned before, the dot-com bubble of 2000, the financial crisis of 8-9, taught us how to face challenges. Uh, I don't like the word problems. I like the word challenges because problems have a negative connotation. Challenges are meant to be overcome, right? Oh, so yeah. you face those challenges. And the leadership team we had in place, we, uh, we've worked our way through it. There were bumps in the roads as, as we were going through it. But that sets me up to say, okay, what's coming down the road? What do I, I fear in, in risk out there is with a good leadership team, a good capital base, we're well capitalized as many companies that survived the 2008-9 crisis Hopefully they didn't have a short memory. They remember that they need cash on their balance sheet to make it forward. You know, when these things happen, you know, you fight through it and, and what's next, uh, you know, we'll, we'll survive. Uh, I will say one thing concerns me is probably the amount of debt the government's taking on somewhere down the road at some point, whether it's in my career and Andy, you're pretty young and <laughs> Glenn, you're more like me. So sorry about that. Yeah, but yeah. uh you know, it's got to be paid back. You just can't keep printing the money, but the government needs to do things. If there's ever a time for the government to do something to support, whether it's the hospitality industry, the entertainment industries, uh, you know, the, the venues that uh, have to be shut down. Yeah, they got to come to the rescue. They had to come to the rescue last year to uh, to help uh, all of us in business when we were forced to shut down by no fault of our own. But at some point we need to say, OK, we need to start moderating things and, and figuring out how to pay back. So that's probably a concern on the insurance side uh, of, you know, the, the risks, you know, what's coming the cyber world, you know, our, mm-hmm. our clients are getting attacked. I, I was in a board meeting this morning um, on a board I sit on and the cyber risk discussion out there, the things we don't know scare me more than mm-hmm. the things I know, because what I know I can work on, I can work with our team address, you know, analyze risk reward and move forward. But that unknown out there, those, those people, bad people, and who knows where of the world that are trying to hack in and, and create chaos, whether it's at our organizational level, whether it's at the government level, that stuff, you know, uh, first of all, it's foreign to me. I don't even know what the heck they're doing. I'm not smart enough to know that. Andy's probably smart enough to know that, but. Um, Must be a different Andy. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. The unknown is always scary and the cyber stuff, especially when it's, you know, way over your head and stuff. I mean, I know, Glenn, you talk about cyber all the time. It's obviously a major it's, thing to be concerned It's with. crucial. And I'm finding all types of businesses are now looking at at their cyber exposure. They really are. I mean, it's it's trickled down to blue collar industry, you know, mm-hmm. construction. They're all understanding that it's something they need to protect themselves. For Everybody's sure. a target these days. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a crime of opportunity, really. No doubt. So we are now at halftime. Now halftime here, we kind of take the business away. We take the leadership stuff away. We just dig down and get into the fun stuff about John Yurconic here. It's a speed round. I tell people all the time, you can answer stuff with one word, or if you have a little explanation, we love to hear it. Um, so again, as much time as you need, but we're going to do 10 questions here. Are you ready for the speed round? All right, let's run. Let's go. Now, this might make Glenn mad. What is your favorite sports team? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to not give you my favorite sports team. I'll give you my favorite sports city, Philadelphia, because there's a contradiction in there. Uh, For those who are going to watch this, you're going to do a bleeper on this, right? Uh, I am a Dallas Cowboys fan. (laughs) They're my number one. I'm sorry. But then every other Philly team is my favorite in every sport. So I love uh, the Sixers. I love the Flyers. I uh, love the Phillies. So, but, you know, Word some part of my brain, you know, got, you know, destroyed when I was about five, six years old and I became a Cowboys fan. It's always a portion of your life that, <laughs> that catches you, you know, and yeah. I'm about your age and back then the Eagles weren't so good. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. Next question. You're obviously, mm-hmm. you, you guys love tennis. Uh, your whole family does. Favorite tennis player ever for you? Oh, that's easy. Jimmy Connors. He was a okay. fighter. He was gritty. He was he was fought till the end. Uh, he played into his late thirties. Did well at the um, championships. Loved him. Absolutely loved him to this day. What is the first car you ever owned? Year, make, model, if you have it. Eighty four Ford Mustang GT. I'd worked since I'm twelve years old, so I was seventeen, and I actually paid for half of the car. My father paid the other half. So I was very fortunate that he did that for me and uh, uh, loved that car. It had a uh, very light rear end stick and I could whip it around a little bit. I was being an insurance guy. I probably shouldn't be saying this, but uh, <laughs> the, let's say that the roads were less traveled and it was, that car was a blast. I'm actually, I had actually someday when my father collects cars, more fifties eras, uh, 40s, 30s, 40s, 50s. But uh, he and I've been uh, together a lot lately and uh, he's getting a little bug in me about cars. So if anybody out there has an 84 Mustang GT, uh, I'd be interested in maybe buying it and uh, restoring it. So. Yeah, what what right. color was yours? Mine was uh, charcoal gray with the black stripe and a red maroonish interior. Uh, no AC. I uh, can't remember if it had power windows. I did trade and it was carbureted. And then in 86, I traded it in on an 86 Mustang GT, but that one was fuel injected. Uh, that one was uh, more of a blue, like steel blue color on the outside, black stripe up the middle. Had air conditioning. That was a big step up mm. back in 86. So, but if you were trying to, uh, I, I can I admit we used to race a little bit. Uh, mm. You obviously had the air conditioning off. You didn't want to take up that horsepower. No doubt. <laughs> what is your favorite book or your favorite podcast? Well, it has to be the the playbook with Andy and Glenn. There you go. All right. That's our favorite no answer. Other. Great answer. <laughs> All right. So this is what I'm curious about. For those of you that don't know, the Yurconics love tennis, as we already talked about. 
your entire family, the only rule is your last name has to be your conic, has a singles tennis tournament. Who comes out on top? Oh, you're really trying to create a problem in the family if anybody <laughs> sees this one. So I, I have a qualifier. If, if it's today, I know one answer because I'm 53 and my body hurts all over the place. <laughs> but in my prime, if it's a prime versus prime, yeah, yeah when I'm Go in my it. 20s, I, I win. No doubt. <laughs> I love it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, what is your biggest fear? You can make this light. It can be spider sharks or you can go deep. It's really your choice. The biggest fear, you know, um, my biggest fear. Yeah. I'll get a little personal on that one. Harm to my kids, my family, that, that you know, things, those are things you can't control. I don't fear much, but when, you know, when my daughter had her appendix out, she's in the hospital and uh, it ruptured and she has a fever. Uh, they have ice packs on her. I mean, that, that was torture, you know, when you can't control those things. Um, so that, that's my biggest fear in life is that type of harm. I don't fear business failure or success uh, because I believe in our team. I believe we can overcome anything that's presented to us. Uh, so that, that would be it. Makes sense. That, that's actually the, the second time we've heard that answer or mm-hmm. something similar. It, it, I can't control agree. it. Right. I was at a, a chamber meeting uh, the other day, and this woman said that courage equals belief that is greater than fear. It's something that I took away as we want people to take away from our playbook. Um, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, no, because absolutely. Um, you know, we all have a little bit of fear, um, you know, and especially the things that are out of our control, for sure. So what is your favorite holiday? Oh, 4th of July. And it's simple reason you, you say I, uh, you guys know, I spend uh, a good amount of time in July down at the Jersey shore, my favorite place to be. And 4th of July holiday falls in there and it's always a blast. So. And, and you don't have the one, one renewals around the corner. Like Christmas. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. You just got done the seven, one renewals. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. rebranding for the 50th, the iconic logo, if people haven't seen it is awesome. But the thing that stayed uniform was the colors are blue and gold or blue and yellow. Is it safe to say those are your favorite colors or do you just like the look of them on a logo? So blue is my favorite. Gold is a great accent to the blue. And yes, uh, as a combo, it looked great. There you go. So, all right. So give me a number, your best guess from zero to 365. (laughs) How many days a year do you think you wear a blazer or a suit jacket? Oh, uh, so I'll give you the pre-COVID answer was every day <laughs> um, that I wear it, as you can see what I'm wearing yep. for you today. Uh, Post-COVID, I, as you guys will attest, I've gone very casual uh, for the last six, eight months, and I've gotten in trouble with our HR department. They've advised me that I'm not uh, dressed appropriately for the Yurconic Agency <laughs> uh, employee handbook, so I, I will have to step it up a little bit, and I'll be back to my uh, normal attire, but... Uh, even the I boss just, has a boss. Yeah, there you go. And Even the, the last, the last question here is, of the speed round is: Let's just say you're celebrating, in here in about ten months, you're celebrating a record year for the Urconic Agency. What's in John Urconic's glass, and what's on his plate? What's in my glass? What's on? My, oh, that, in my glass, drink wise, Tito's yeah. vodka, uh, club soda, splash of cran, and lime. My favorite drink. Um, on my plate as uh, celebratory stuff is typically surf and turf, you know, lobster and a filet. That's, that's my go-to. 
I knew the drink. You got to go easy on the red meat, though, right? <laughs> Glenn, come on. I, I just had my annual physical about two weeks ago. And <laughs> you are right. My cholesterol, on uh, th- this is public, but yes, it's a little high. I'm, I do need to watch that red meat. So Reese, we'll wait for that celebration. Andy, <laughs> yeah, see what you have to look forward to, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get into the second half. All right. and these are mainly leadership and experience-focused questions. So as any business owner knows, rapid growth comes with as many challenges as a slow time. So just how do you lead through all these different style and different kinds of periods? Um, yeah, I, I would say leaders don't think about leading. I, I don't really think about leading. You evolve over time with your experiences. And uh, I'll give you an example. In the early 2000, around 2004 or 5, we were growing like crazy. Uh, we opened up six offices in a 24-month period. We couldn't staff appropriately. I call it hanging on for dear life. Uh, I was probably not the best of leaders at that time as uh, I hired some people inappropriately. I, or we, I should say, uh, just did some things. I, I, I didn't plan enough for that growth and what the consequences were. But as a good leader, I learned from that. So as we grew and acquired other agencies, I learned that, all right, planning ahead of time is very important and doing things, putting in extra work, like Andy, in your, in your sports career, those that put in the extra work ahead of time, the results, I'm not going to say come easier, but the results are uh, at a higher level, uh, higher level results are achievable if you put in that extra you know, extra reps, extra whatever up front. So as, as a leader, uh, I would look at, uh, you know, how do you handle the growth and the slow times? The slow times, you're, you know, either one, you're, you're focused on not much changes. You're focused on, you know, fixing or facing the challenges. You're focused on what's coming in. We look at, you know, what's coming next week, what's coming, you know, in the next 12 months and, and three years down the road. We're constantly looking at that so that, Granted, I will say COVID surprised us. That was not anywhere in our plans. But you know what? Because we had plans, we could adapt, modify. And, you know, when we were shut down for three months, um, you know, with zero revenues, we were able to adjust and adapt. And while it was scary, we we led our way through that because we were constantly planning and evolving. And so you- I, I don't know if that really answers it, but, you know. Oh, no, it does. And, and like you said, a lot of it in how you compare it to sports and how, how you use your time is so valuable. I mean, it, when I was in college, you were allowed to, they were allowed to have you for 20 hours a week. That was like mm-hmm. the max they could have you. And there was no secret though, that the guys who were only doing stuff to get better during those yep. 20 hours were the guys who are oftentimes on the sidelines on Saturdays, you had to put in extra time and you really get what you put in. And like you said, as a leader, it's the same thing. Yeah. And I played college tennis. So back in my college days, yeah, we put our two, two and a half hours on the court time but then there were those of us that either kept playing or went to the gym or did other stuff. And obviously there were teammates that said, that's my time. That's all I'm putting in. And they played at a certain level and those, the rest of us, you know, obviously achieved higher um, accomplishments. Right. Absolutely. Well, John, one of the leadership um, skills that I've seen that you, that you have is your, your ability to look into the future because things are really changing quite a bit. I mean, you look at, um, you know, registration and things like that. How important is it to be one, two, three years uh, down the line as you're leading your organization um, to what the new normal will be in, 
in in that time frame? Well, uh, we use a business consultant, Tom Garrity from Compass Point. Mm-hmm. Started working with him probably eight, ten years ago. Maybe it's even longer, but. He's the one, as I came out of that 2005 to nine period where mm-hmm. I felt I'm, I was missing the mark, brought him on. He got, uh, he taught us the planning process, which we did very little planning. It was a shotgun approach, you know, pre 2010, but with the plan, the planning one in three years, every business should be doing it. And I will say the first time you do it, the second time you're going to miss. But when you start doing it for a few years, you start getting much better at predicting what will come. And then it gets you thinking, if you look at our product offering today, like fingerprinting take, for example, we didn't do that 10 years ago, but we do it today. Selling easy passes. We do that today. We didn't do that before. Uh, Our vehicle title transfer business has grown dramatically uh, where before it might've been 30% of our uh, transaction count. It's now 60% of our transaction count today in the vehicle registration. You take business insurance, our workers comp, the way we differentiate in that. That came from about seven years ago, planning how do we, you know, insurance, all insurance brokers are going to say, we have great people, we do great things, we have great service. But how do they actually differentiate and assist their clients? We did that with third-party claims management and HR services as included in our offerings versus, you know, a fee-based add-on that most brokers do. So constantly trying to reinvent ourselves and uh, plan for, you know, don't, don't get um, satisfied with what we have today or what's going on today. It might be great. And yeah, Andy's right. We're going to have the best year ever. This is shaping up to be a great year for us, but you don't just stop and say, Oh, wow. And you know, you applied and you recognize you do all that good stuff, but you have to say, you know what? 2022 is coming 2023 after that. You don't stop planning just because you're going to have a good year. You want to have that good year and you keep going. Yeah, it's like, like uh, Tom said, um, I think it's uh, revenue is uh, vanity, um, profit is sanity, and cash is king, right? <laughs> and you, you spend too much, it's like you're driving a car, you spend too much time looking in the rearview mirror, you're going to get in an accident, you know, right in front of you. So you always got to be prepared for that. Yep. All right. So we, we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but you've done a tremendous job leading the, the, the agency through the pandemic. Were there any specific challenges, whether it be figuring out how, what things are covered with clients, whether it's getting our staff to, to be virtual. Was there anything specific that was the biggest challenge that you overcame? Well, let's, let's start with <clears throat> confusion, right? March, I don't know, 16th or 17th, we get the order somewhere around there that we have to shut down. Never in my business career did I think we would be ordered to shut down retail locations. So I would say that first week, probably most businesses were confused. <clears throat> it was said to be a two-week shutdown. Okay, we plan to open up March uh, 1st or 2nd. I'm sorry, April 1st or 2nd, two weeks after. Then the extensions started happening. We, we constantly said, all right, we will plan for what we know. Also knowing that in a day, we might change the direction of those plans multiple times as information became available to us because we had a great team. uh, We were able to, I'm not going to say we always agreed because at some point a leader has to make a decision that one of his, his or her management team people may disagree with, but they are committed to trust. We trust each other and we're going to move ahead. What came out of probably the first two weeks of that is an overriding factor was the safety of our customers and our staff. 
So every decision we were making as we moved along that planning to reopen to provide our services in this unknown world of how this disease really spread and our, you know, will our hospital systems be overrun? We, we didn't know any of what those outcomes were going to be, but we as an organization, regardless of what the news was saying, the government was saying, we were going to take whatever we could to make sure everybody was safe. And with that premise, it was, then it was easier to travel that path. And I mentioned something earlier about companies being well capitalized, uh, strong balance sheets, cash on their, when, you know, I think um, Glenn said it a moment ago, cash is king. Every organization needs to have cash and not a line, just a line of credit. You need to save for these rainy days, these unforeseen circumstances. So we planned for this. We've had capital. So we weren't distracted by, are we going to run out in two weeks or three weeks or five weeks? We knew we had a runway so we could focus on what was important on getting back open, making sure everybody was safe and looking at our plan, obviously modifying it. And, you know, it, it worked and having a great team that trusted each other, knowing that it was okay to disagree in the room right. without consequences, because I believe that anybody who disagreed with maybe a decision I was uh, advocating for, that they, in their mind, had the best interest of our customers, our team, our staff. Also, they just had a difference of opinion. Okay. And we worked through that. Right. Well, we, uh, I, I can attest being an employee, you guys seem to, I never knew you guys were, you know, if there was a point where you guys weren't sure what was going on or weren't sure what to do. Sometimes leadership is hiding your fears inside, <laughs> having that strong presence on the outside. I always felt you guys had a plan and knew what you were doing. And, and I can say on the business insurance side, not much changed. We were able to do it because um, the agency was quick to have the account managers working from home. It was it was seamless. Uh, to anybody that was calling in, nobody really knew the difference. Well, I, I'll give you an example of the, the capital side of things. We were uh, probably about 10 days, two weeks prior to the shutdown. We had some idea things may be coming, and we had enough laptops for probably four or five people to work from home because that was just part of our plan. We had flexibility in that. We didn't have enough laptops available to mm -hmm. us for everybody to work from home. So two weeks prior, we, we said, we, we, we need laptops. Before the whole world went and bought laptops, we went and bought out several Best Buys of their laptops, knowing we may not need them because we weren't sure if we we're going to be shut down. But having capital, not, not having the fear of deploying that capital for the the laptops, it might be needed somewhere else. We said, this is a business decision with risk reward. Risk is we may not need them. The mm -hmm. reward is we can keep functioning for our clients and provide an environment for our staff, staff to work, our insurance staff to work from home. And we make the investment and didn't have to worry about, did we need that money for, for uh, payroll maybe or something like that? So uh, that's part of the planning and, and how you if you have capital, if you're planning and constantly doing things and executing on a plan, and I've said plan many times, that many businesses don't have plans, and it doesn't have to be something sophisticated. Just get in the process of it, hmm. and you get through these these challenges. So, so we are down to our last play of the game, which we call our hail mary question. It's the same question for everybody to end. 
before I get into it real quick, Lafayette graduate and chemistry major. Yep. Which is interesting because now <laughs> doing what you're doing. So I'm curious about this question now. Last play of the game. You have to give 22 year old John Yurconic advice. What would you get? What kind of advice would you give him right now? Uh, I, I would tell him, don't fear things. There's opportunity out there. It's okay to make a mistake. Failure will teach you the best uh, lessons in life and keep fighting and, and don't, you never give up. You just keep fighting, keep going. And, you know, success will be defined by you, not by me, not by someone else. You define what, you know, life's success is for you. I love it. Chemistry real quick. Never used it, right? Uh, here's what I would say. My education taught me how to problem solve and okay. provide solutions. So uh, I did have plans to become a doctor way back when. Then a good friend of mine, uh, Dr. Neil Kramer, took me through the OR and uh, I was just, no, it just was not for me. Yeah, well, you're absolutely right. That was me going almost face planting. So, uh, you know, obviously I, I got out of college and uh, I had been working since I'm 12, tennis camps, ran my own lawn care business, snowplow business, but it was time to get a real job. And uh, my father never, ever talked to me about coming into the business, mm -hmm. ever. And never forced me in. Finally, one day we were talking in July and he, he said, hey, you know, you, you're either accepting one of those job offers you have or you're showing up at the business. <laughs> he, he, it was my first summer off since I was 12 years old. I was kind of enjoying it. And uh, so I showed up and, you know, the rest is history. We we're five, six people at that time. And now we're, uh, you know, very fortunate to have about 80 great people that we work with every day. Well, that's great. Um, I'd like to thank John Yurconic for joining us today on the Playbook Podcast. I'd also like to thank you for making the Playbook Podcast with Andy and Glenn yeah. possible. We appreciate so Thank it. you for that. Uh, I'd like to give you about, you know, 30 seconds to do a little commercial for uh, the Yurconic Agency. Oh, you're asking me. You two could do it probably better than I can, but uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, 30 seconds is tight, but 30 seconds, the Urconic Agency. Yeah, we're, we're proud and happy to provide insurance for both your personal lives, your business lives. Uh, we differentiate ourselves in services we provide for you. We also have vehicle registration, driver license services, and we never can forget Don, who gets the most five-star ratings of anybody, Don Friedman, doing life, health, disability uh, for uh, for everybody in the Lehigh Valley. So That's great. Don is awesome. Um, so I'd like to, to thank the listeners. Um, and uh, what's in your playbook? So um, please comment and offer any questions on our platforms, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you find us. Um, thank you. My name's Glenn Amaro. I'm Andy Phillips. Till next time.